You're listening to Time to Talk. Well, the early days of Kylie's career were hectic. Huge crowds, worshipping fans, Kylie being chased down the street. And when she would perform on stage, on tour, just deafening screams. Now, it's true, her most recent tours are loud and excitable too, but I can tell you there's nothing like the spirit of youth to send a blazing, riot-like energy throughout a stadium. Now, the name of our next guest can be found inside the Enjoy Yourself Tour program from 1990, the very same concert that I was at in Sydney, fascinated to see our idol for the very first time and soothing my goosebumps when she burst onto the stage in a black feline-esque costume and fully live vocals. Behind her on that tour, and for many other live performances, was dancer and choreographer Kevin Allen. Welcome, Kevin. Hello. (laughs) It's so great to have you on the line. We've been organising this for a while, so I really appreciate your time, Kevin. Hey, Kevin, those early Kylie years are so important to so many fans. You can probably hear me gushing even in the intro there. And Yes, yeah. Yeah, I think you remember I, I think you remember it better than I do, to be honest with you. <laughs> I've forgotten about the black uh, panther cat suit that opened the show, but there it's all coming from. Oh, don't back. tell me that, Kevin. You've even got a photo holding Kylie in the feline-esque outfit. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. Well, I mean, it's what, 32 years ago? 30, 30, I mean, it's it seems a lifetime away, but really, really fond memories. I mean, it was probably one of my first major tours I did with an artist. So for me, um, it was quite revolutionary and really, really exciting. Also, at that time, Kylie was just exploding. She was starting to really blossom and make her name in music. And I kind of performed with her when she did her first TV shows in the UK and then went on that journey from the locomotion um, all the way up to about uh, Confide in Me, I think was the last thing I worked on with her. So it was quite a long journey. Yeah, you worked with her for years. Yeah, it's about five, well, about five years performing with her as a dancer and being on tours and stuff. And then uh, she had a reshuffle and she brought some female dancers in. So it became a male and female backing troupe. That's when I left. Um, and by that time, I was already choreographing and directing things in my own right. And then she asked me back to choreograph a few things for her in the coming years after that. So we did quite a few festivals and prides and um a very bizarre show in ibiza in spain over a swimming pool which i can go into later if you want um but yeah it was lovely and i do bump into her occasionally over the years at different award ceremonies and things and she's still the most gorgeous lovely humble um professional person i know to be honest how did you come to start working with kylie in the first place how, how does a dream come true like that even happen uh, well, it was, I uh, think she'd had, she'd released Locomotion first of all in Australia and that was a hit. And then she did I Should Be So Lucky. And that was obviously a massive hit in the UK. That was our first kind of um, awakening to her music career. And she was flown over by a record company, I think it was Mushroom Records at the time, um, to do her first promotions for Locomotion in the UK. Um, and so her record company contacted contacted the agency in London and said we need four guys to help back this new singer and the agency chose me to be one of the four guys and that's how it all kicked off really. You were one of those locomotion boys on top of the pops. I was one of those locomotion boys on top of the pops yeah and it's um I mean it's so funny looking back because the choreography was so um quite basic and quite simple in those days compared to what we do now and what Kylie does now um but yeah we 
we remember I was in a studio in London. There was a four of us with a choreographer and um, Kylie just got off the plane from Australia, slightly jet lagged. She came in and we spent like a day putting the routine together and choreographing it. And then we had the TV the following day, I think. Yeah, the following day in the evening. It was a, a chat show called Wogan in the UK, like our number one kind of talk time and chat show in the evenings. And of course, we had no stylist. We had no one looking after us. It was so basic in those days. So we literally, in our lunch break, went around the corner to the local um, like flea markets and shops in Covent Garden, picked out some jeans, picked out some white vests. Kylie went into the dance shop, picked out these kind of horrendous, pastely, turquoisey blue and pink kind of tutu outfit, which seemed quite hip in the 80s, you know, looking back, I guess it was. And that's what we wore. We did our own clothes, own makeup. And um, suddenly we're on national television at 7 o'clock doing the locomotion. Oh, That's how wow. it all started. It seems so basic looking back. Yeah, so, so basic. Um, Absolutely incredible. But I've got to say, Kevin, there's something to be said about that not overly manufactured early days. I just love it. I, I love that story that they weren't you know, a, a troop of people around you, an entourage interfering with the image. And she was, you, you just did what came naturally by the sound of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the main things I can say about Kylie and her favour is that she always, from that day one when we met her, she made us feel part of the family. Like it wasn't the artist and her backing troupe. It was just us. So in fact, we kind of became like a surrogate four brothers. We were very protective of her. We used to go like for lunch together, go to coffee shops together, go shopping together in between our breaks. It was like for Kylie, it was a bit like she was on holiday in London in between her work. <laughs> so he was showing her around and stuff. Um, and then, of course, as the years progressed, it got a lot more serious <laughs> and all the entourage came in. But I think we had that bond from the word go. And, and definitely when we went on tour, we were very protective of her. Um, also, she's so beautifully small and miniature and like a little doll. You can't help but want to protect her all the time, especially when you've got like thousands of fans screaming and pushing and shoving. It's... Um, it was quite something. I only, I only really have really fond memories of my whole time with Kylie. Kevin, you were just a boy yourself. I mean, was this the classic dream come true opportunity at that age? You're traveling, you're going around the world, you're meeting people, you've got the crowds, you're doing what you obviously loved, which was uh, dancing and choreographing. I mean, what a dream come true, surely, for you. Yeah, one of the, I don't know, right place, right time. I mean, I'd been working as a dancer for quite a few years before that professionally, um, working in videos and music videos and stuff. And I had an inkling to be a pop singer myself. I quite liked that whole idea. Um, and that never materialised, but I kind of got it second best without being centre of attention, um, touring with Kylie. And yes, it was. It was a dream country. I mean, we got to travel um, the whole of Australia, Japan, all over Europe, um, performing in these massive arenas and, and concert venues. Um, and yeah, it was, and, and, and at that time, before social media and everything, there was so much television to do because that's the only way people had access to you. So we would film maybe two or three TVs a week. Some days we'd fly to Spain in the morning, do a quick TV show, then fly to Germany in the afternoon, do another TV show, then fly to Paris in the evening. We do, it was, absolutely crazy um but in those times you had to do it if you had if you wanted to promote a, a new single but yeah it was right time right place and i wouldn't swap it for the world that group of dancers that you mentioned i mean they also they feature in lots of places in particular on on the go special um, that super fans like me would know from from back in the day you seem very tight knit and i suppose that makes sense since you were doing so much work together is it is it correct to say you were quite a tight knit group 
Yeah, very much so. Very much so. There was probably about, there's probably five of us all together that toured all the time. The main four, myself, Paul, uh, Venel and Richard. And we were the four that kind of did nearly everything. But because I was working so much with other artists and other jobs, sometimes I wasn't available. So sometimes uh, Martin would jump in or one of the other guys. But mainly the four of us were very close in it. Because we're traveling together all the time, we're staying in hotels, you know, you, you're like a little family. Um, and that's what I've always said that we, it was like Kylie and the four of us, plus um, her manager at the time, Terry, and probably the six of us were kind of this tight knit group going around promoting all of Kylie's stuff. I still see the guys today, we're still in contact. Um, kind of, I mean, it's easy with social media, you can know what everyone's doing morning, noon, and night with Facebook and Instagram and stuff. Um, but yeah, we, we luckily we all got on and luckily we're all very hardworking and we just had a great time. So fantastic to hear that Kylie wasn't removed from you guys. It doesn't surprise me at all. Even from the documentary, it was quite clear that she was um, very fond of all of you. Tell me this, Kylie can really move, can't she? I mean, she she picks up a routine really quickly and she's very natural uh, as a dancer. Yeah, very much so. And that's... That's what I always find interesting because, um, I mean, you'll know more in Australian folklore than I do, but Danny was the more established celebrity, I think, in Australia than Kylie. And Danny, I would say, is a stronger dancer and Kylie is a stronger singer out of the two. But with Kylie, even though she's not a trained professional dancer, she could come in and she could pick up the choreography straight away, sometimes quicker than we could, and she would retain it. And that's something you can't learn. You're just born with that ability. She's very good at muscle memory, um, which is that thing you have when you learn a routine and your body then knows if it's doing right or wrong. Um, and and really hardworking, really professional. Like she would keep going over it and over it and over it, but she could pick up so quickly. And then she just developed as a dancer because, I mean, at, at that time, it was all just full on dancing, all of her, all of her music nonstop. Now she tends to stand back a bit and sing a bit more, which I think she's allowed to do <laughs> in her golden years. You know. Yeah, I'm going to ask you about it, actually, because that's a little bit frustrating for some fans. I get that she's a little bit older, but we'll come to that. I, I, I'm curious, though, Kevin, it, you were at that uh, Kylie secret special last year, right? And you got, you got to um, yeah, talk, talk yeah. to Kylie just for a few minutes, really, about those early days. She kind of lightly mocked those early dance routines, didn't she? Yeah, she did, because they were really simple. I mean, when you look back, they were really simple, but that's part of, you said, that was the appeal of it at the time. That's what I think made her so accessible and people loved her so much. Um, I think it's like anything. It's looking through your old school book, isn't it? You look back at your old school photos and you you, you mock your haircut or what you look like. I think it was kind of tongue-in-cheek. And in fact, with that special... Um, we filmed a lot more than they edited into the show. We talked about all sorts of things. So they just picked a few bits out. Um, the thing about that special, it, A, it was lovely to reconnect with Kylie, but also it was a very bizarre experience because we were like a surprise to meet her. And so we were kind of smuggled into the audience um, and some of the super fans started recognising us, which I found very flattering <laughs> in my later years. I'm not surprised. Um, but we had to keep it quiet and we didn't act... Well, yeah, but we didn't actually meet Kylie until that moment when we were introduced up onto stage. So we had so much to reminisce about and talk about. And all we wanted to do was like hug each other, go, oh, my God, oh, my God. But of course, you couldn't. And so we did the interview and then we cut to a commercial break. And then our, and luckily, because of the commercial break, we had probably about a minute and a half to have a hug, have a catch-up, which is whisked away to get changed to another fantastic outfit. And then we were rushed back in the audience. And then that was it. 
There was no green room. There was no after show party. There was no way to catch up. We couldn't have our phones with us to take a picture. There was nothing. So we felt like we've had this like 30 year reconnection and it's lasted for maybe like, you know, 10 minutes. And that was it. It was really bizarre. I mean, lovely to see her, but we just felt we needed more time to kind of just just reminisce yeah well i hope you get more time in the future because my goodness you'd have a lot to talk about just in case i haven't made it clear enough you not only danced with kylie kevin but you choreographed too would any of we fans know any of your routines which routines were you responsible for oh wow probably i would say probably not when i was choreographing it was kind of like a greatest hits so i was bringing that back some of the original choreography and then creating some new stuff um and a lot of the shows i did were all live events they were pride events or um festivals so unless you were at that festival or event you probably wouldn't have have seen the choreography um i was kind of doing amalgamation because i've been with her since the beginning i knew so much of her history i could incorporate bits we've done before and put a new twist on it so i would call them my own work though the shows were i really want to know who choreographed always find the time from the let's get to it tour which started off as the rhythm of love tour i've got no doubt it's got to be venal yes that would have been venal yes so venal carried on um choreographing at the beginning there was uh the first the locomotion was choreographed by i think it was carol fletcher and then there's a choreographer claire eastman she came in and then venal started to take over uh, then Venel did quite a lot for quite a while. And then uh, when she moved on, obviously she had all the latest choreographers that came in and now she's working with Ashley, I do believe. Oh, yeah, Ashley okay. was, who actually was, I gave him one of his first jobs when he came to the UK to da- as a dancer. So that's quite a nice um, come around to it all. I've always thought that of that early troupe of dancers, she seemed particularly connected to Venel. I've got to ask you, Kevin, did they have a relationship? No, they didn't have a relationship at all. I mean, that was they were room. We were just close. Venel, bless his cotton socks, is a lovely guy, um, but he likes to like start rumours and get the old gossip mills going and stuff. Oh. And no, they were just very close. There was nothing going on. Yeah, there was nothing going on there. Whatsoever. It was particularly strong that rumour. Well, uh, when she came to Sydney for the Rhythm of Love tour, that's that's why I had to ask. It was it was on the rumour mill here in Sydney. Oh, okay. Well, I had heard, we knew of the rumours going around, um, but as far as I know, a hand and a heart, nothing went on at all. Well, thank you for clearing that up, Kevin. <laughs> Listen, around 1994, <laughs> Kylie acknowledged that she experienced uh, what she described as somewhat of a nervous breakdown in the middle of those hectic early years, all the pressure, since you were so close. Can you give us an idea about how hard she was working? Um, I can't say I was aware that there was any kind of breakdown of pressure. I am aware that she was working um, 24 hours of every day um, between all the touring and the promotion. There were meetings, endless meetings. I remember a couple of things where there used to be these regular meetings every Friday when these two guys would come in with these suitcases, like three or four suitcases, and they'd open the suitcases and they were full of just Kylie tat, just like counterfeit stuff with Kylie's face, logo, blah, blah. And she would religiously go through all that stuff and say, yeah, that's been authorised, that hasn't, and they'd go and sue these people. I mean, she was in a 
astute businesswoman, even from the very beginning, making sure her image was looked after. So I reckon it was probably just a mixture of everything. Um, but I was only aware of the lovely, happy Kylie side. I never really saw the, the pressurised side. She'd snap a few times, but only in a professional way when something wasn't as it should be, and she rightly would put people in their place, and she had every right to do that, as any, any you know, head of an empire would be, I guess. Um, no, I, I don't know. I, I, I only have good memories. That's all I can really, really say about it. There was, I mean, we were with her an awful lot, but then we were with her an awful not a lot as well, because of course, once we'd done our performances, we were free for the day. She'd be going on. So in the times that we saw her, she'd been working nonstop. We'd had a nice break in between. We'd been sightseeing around Sydney and all sorts of things. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I I, I so appreciate that description you just gave of, of the business meetings that she had, because uh, you know, there's this sort of false idea that she had absolutely no control over her early career. And I get that she was, you know, she was a product of the PWL stock ache in the mortar machine. I do respect that. But I could tell, I could sense as a, as a young boy looking up to her that she did have some sort of control over her career to an extent. I know she wanted more, but th- that story you just gave really backs that that idea up, that she had some sort of control over it what did it look like when kylie got a bit cranky when she snapped uh uh oh nothing horrible just politely like she would say like the sound check isn't right or someone's in the wrong place she would just politely say this needs to be changed or that needs to be looked at or can we address this she never snapped i never saw her shout never saw her lose her cool at all i mean at the beginning um I think she was just discovering what she wanted to be. From the Stock Aiken Walkman days, they were very controlling of the image and what we, what they wanted to do in the music she put out. And at that time, especially that first album, those first few shows, I think she was discovering who she wanted to be as an artist. Mm-hmm. And she was just patiently kind of standing back and absorbing it all. I mean, I remember there was a certain time when a big publicity photo came out and she disliked it, but she couldn't stop the photo. But I remember that she literally, there was like a poster-sized picture of it on the floor. We rolled it out on the floor to have a look at it and she stood on top of it and she literally poured her glass of wine on it like, I don't like this photo. And we're like, well, we won't let that happen again, but there's nothing we can do about it. You know? And it was all kind of done tongue-in-cheek, like nothing I can do about this, but I really don't like this photo. But I, then as the years progress of course she got more savvy and more in control and um it was a learning curve i mean what do you do at that age when you're blasting into the spotlight and you're zooming around the world i mean there's only so much you can, can control if control is the right word you know especially if you've got such a big company behind you pushing you in all those directions yeah and when you don't um, have the experience I, I never yet, ever Absolutely. Yeah, you don't have the experience, you know. We were we were just as green. I remember when we did the first tour in Australia, um, we'd go out for like dinner or some of the clubs and the bars, the evening, what have you. And I remember seeing all these same people everywhere that we went. And I remember going to Kylie like two weeks in, like, Kylie, I know Australia's not got that bigger population, but why is it always the same people everywhere we go? Little green me then clicked, Kevin, they're stalking you. Kevin, they're fans. And I had absolutely no idea why I kept seeing all the same people everywhere I went. And then, of course, next time I saw them, I said, like, why do I keep seeing you? And they said, oh, no, we're one of your biggest. And then they'd be kind of, oh, okay, once we got to communicate with them, that was great because they were always lovely fans. They weren't frightening. But all of us, in my mind, with that kind of green, were learning along the way. Oh, that's what happens. 
oh, that's how the fans find out where we're going to be before we even know where we're going to be. There's this whole fan network which I didn't even know existed. Um, but yeah, so as you said, we were all quite naive. Um, me especially, I think out of the four guys, I really was walking around in a, a cloud of daisies, not a clue what was going on, just riding the wave. And then it started to settle, <laughs> I think, later than anybody else. Um, but yeah, it's very true. I promise you, Kevin, I wasn't one of those fans. I wanted to be, but I wasn't. I wasn't allowed. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, okay. <laughs> listen, for, for those of us who can only watch from afar, what, do you, what is Kylie like? You've given us a great idea so far, but who is Kylie Minogue, do you think? Because she's a lot more complex and deep than probably what she, especially in those days, she came across. She, she's um, an interesting person, right? Yeah, she's very interesting. I wouldn't say I know, I wouldn't even say I know the real Kylie. Who knows the real anybody behind closed doors and stuff? She's a very private person. She's a very respectful person. For all I can, all I can comment on is the Kylie from the professional side. Very professional, very hardworking, very punctual, very gracious, very generous. Um, all the things you'd want from an artist if you're if you're working with her. Really, um, there's a whole side to her that I don't know. I mean, we weren't best buddies. We were we were working buddies, however close we were. Um, you know, like I wouldn't call Kylie up to go for a drink down the pub in the evening. Yeah. A, that would be inappropriate, even though we were good friends at the time. But you just don't. So there's a whole side of Kylie I really can't comment on. No, but so career-minded and savvy. You saw that side, that's for sure. What are some of your fondest memories and interactions with Kylie? Do you, did you share any sort of one-on-one -on -one conversations? Did she give you any advice? Did you give her any? I can hear she was quite private, but what are those memories um, that you keep? Oh, there's so many really, some really funny memories and some really good. I remember one of the shows in Sydney, I used to come out the top. We used to have like this ramp that went from the, you probably remember, I do. from the top of the stage all the way around the kind of orchestra to the floor. Well, there you go. And I used to come out at the top and do this kind of big backbend dance move thing, then dance my way down the ramp towards Kylie at the bottom. For some reason on this particular night, I did a bit of a bigger backbend than I was supposed to do and ended up completely a flat sprawling on my face, <laughs> whacking my nose, which kind of which kind of threw me out. And I was slightly dizzy. And so I couldn't stand up. So I found myself crawling on all fours down the ramp towards her. And all I can see is her looking at me like going, what the heck are you doing? What the heck are you doing? And I didn't quite know what to do. And so um, um, I just stayed on the floor at her feet because I literally was seeing three Kylies in front of me. Oh, you know, there's man. things like that. And another time... Um, Another time we were on stage in London and she was sitting on a chair and for some unknown reason, I decided to lick her leg from her ankle up to her knee. Oh. I have no idea why I did that. I have no idea where that came from. I mean, it fitted within the choreography. <laughs> well, but, you know, there's things like that that we just giggle about. Us, like, what on earth are you doing? So I really have no idea. I can only apologise. But we, we had that kind of close bond on stage, all of us, all of the dancers around her, that it didn't kind of matter. <laughs> um, but just... just just nice, just nice memories and all the traveling together. Like we do all the Hitman Road show around the UK with like Jason and Sonia and Sunit and all that PWL family and just really, really good, happy times. And in fact, there is one thing which haunts you this day. We were in Japan and we went for this really important meal with all, we had our own geisha girl each and we were all looking after it, all sushi and everything. Now, I've never had sushi before, but I was all in, in it, in it to win it, give it a go. And we were given these massive slabs of raw tuna. Kylie was next to me and I had one. And I just, at the time, didn't quite know how to handle the chopsticks or how to eat the raw tuna. 
So I put the whole thing in my mouth. And it was that thing that as soon as I put it in my mouth, my body was saying, you're not swallowing this. You're not <laughs> swallowing this. And I was chewing and chewing. In the end, I got that tuna down. But as I was doing it, Kylie, I could tell, was thinking the same thing. Before I knew it, she'd put her tuna on my plate <laughs> and pretended she'd eaten hers. <laughs> it was just this complete. And to this day, I cannot do tuna. I can't do sushi. I can't do that whole thing. From that day, from that moment, I blame Kylie Minogue. I hate a sushi. How cheeky of her to put it on your plate there. I know. Well, they were so wanting to, they were in no Japan cut. They so wanted us to enjoy everything we were eating. And they were all like, how was it? How was it? Was it good? Like, yeah, yeah, it was great. And um, she knew from my face that that was never going to happen. But that's, you know, that's the fun side of her. She has a really fun, cheeky side to her, you know. And um, I don't know if people get to see that much of it, but she's just, she's a really good laugh if you want to have a good laugh with someone. So despite dancing with Kylie for a number of years, Kevin, you never featured in any of her videos, did you? No, I was never available because I was working so much with other people that um, in those days, shoots would come up really quickly and it was whoever was available at the time. So they'd always ask um, the four of us, you know, if we were available to shoot. And it always just worked out that I was doing some other video shoot at the time that I could never do the actual video things, which is one of my um, regrets, really. I'd love to be immortalised in one of her videos at some point, but I don't think that's <laughs> going to happen now. But no, I missed out on all of them, you know, but hey, what can you say? Paul and Venel and Richard got to do loads of them, so... They held the flag for us original four. They sure did. Which one would you have wanted to be in? Uh, actually, I would have loved to have been in um, Step Back in Time. Oh, that was fun. That looked like really, really good fun. Yeah, really good fun. Yeah, yeah, really good fun. But there you go. <laughs> but you did have some other amazing opportunities with her one-on-one. Didn't you do the um, Je ne sais pas pourquoi one-on-one with her? Or was it Tears on My Pillow, sorry, on that tour? Oh, tears. Oh, yeah, tears on my pillow. God, yeah, you are. You do know, don't you? Blimey. Yeah, tears on my pillow. We did a little duet thing together. I was dressed as a sailor. Yes, that's right. <laughs> there you go. It's um, lovely. Yeah, I was in my best sailor outfit. Yeah, no, we, we all got our little moments, I think, within the show and stuff. I still can't get over the fact that you licked Kylie's leg. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to talk to you. But I, I, no, I know. He's... <laughs> I'm really sorry. It was one of those, I can't remember the song. I think it was, um, what do I have to do? Whatever that song's called. See, all her songs to me just are all merged into one big pot. I can't remember what anything's called, but I know the rhythm section and the routines to everything. Um, but it was that song and we were all doing things around it. And I just, it was her leg. She'd never put her leg there in all the rehearsals and it was there in front of me and I just thought, I'm going to lick it. <laughs> so I did. But, you know, it was, it was Kyogre's prerogative. I was allowed. <laughs> I could change the moves. You know? I could improvise at will. That is just an incredible story, I've got to say. I've, I know in, in England you have the, the expression tasty when somebody's a pretty good-looking person, so maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. Maybe she was tasty. I no maybe, yeah. Hey, Kevin. Yeah, well, she is. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, were there any songs that you like just loathed? Like because you, you danced the same routines day in, day out, or night in, night out. Were there any that you just thought, oh, I don't want to do this one again. I never want to hear this song again. Uh, I don't think there's any that I never want to hear the song again. I know that we did do "Hand on Your Heart" loads, yeah. absolutely loads. Yeah. 
Um, and also locomotion. Locomotion is really hard on the small of your back. <laughs> if anyone looks like geography, you're thrusting your hips forward, going up and down on your calves. By Jiminy, I'd put my back out nowadays doing that. <laughs> but that used to take its toll. <laughs> you used to have to ma- massage some of your back parts after every performance. It really got you. But there's nothing that I that I loathe at all. I mean, Kylie's music, such feel-good music. It's such, even to this day, it's just uplifting and, yeah. you know, it makes your day happy. You're tall too, so I can see the locomotion being a bit difficult for you, I've got to say. Have you, have you followed? <laughs> yeah. You would have followed her career since. Uh, any particular uh, choreography moments that stand out for you? Because that's your profession still to this day. I mean, you're a choreographer and a, a director, and this is this is your field of work. Yeah, so what yeah. stands out for you that she's done? Oh, I, th- I, I think it's just it's just grown and grown and grown. The stuff she does now is so much more complex. I love the work she does. I love the stuff she's doing with Ashley at the moment. He's choreographing all this stuff at the moment. I think that's wonderful. Um, and all that period around them um, can't get on my head that was kind of groundbreaking everyone knew it and and image wise it was so striking i just think she's really got her act together you know she's got a great team around her and her images and the choreography um i can't really fault it there was one period when it went a bit off which is around the kind of impossible princess that whole kind of era was it that that record company i thought it went a bit too indie a bit too not what we know Kylie for I love the fact she was spreading her wings and trying new music with influences and all that I embraced all of that but I think choreographically everything it kind of to me it didn't gel it didn't really work and she got back into her disco boots and she was off again yeah and I bet like the rest of the world you were in awe of the Brit Awards Blue Monday can't get you out of my head Yes, yeah, absolutely. All that period. I think from kind of getting my head onwards, she hasn't really put a foot wrong, I don't think. Kevin, I said I'd come back to this. I know Kylie's a little bit older now, but dancing, which I believe is one of her great talents, and I know that she's got a little bit of pain too, which is why probably things have toned down a bit in that area, and she wants to concentrate on the vocals very much so. But if you had another crack at it, if you got another crack at choreographing for Kylie again, what kind of routine would you set for her these days? Because I'd love to see her do something epic all over again. Uh, well, I think I know. Well, I think she could. She totally could do it. It's a fine. It's a fine balance, you know. Now with social media and the way the world's evolved, so much effort emphasis is put on on the vocals and live vocals. Um, I mean, when we first started with Kylie, we did a, like, before we did the whole first tour, we did a trial out gig one night somewhere in Melbourne or Sydney just to see how it went. And and some reporter nicknamed her the singing budgie. And so we, we broadcast that show as one night only the singing budgie as a kind of tongue in cheek <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and it really annoyed us because we're like, well, you might think she sounds like a singing budgie, but she can really sing. Give us some due. Um, and I think now at this point of her career, she's proved that she's got a really k- kick-out voice, you know, a killer voice. Um, and you can't do that much choreography and, and do live vocals. And, not, and I think her, her songs have matured as well, and the vocals are stronger, and the vocals are more complex, more difficult. So as an artist, I think it'd be unfair to have her jumping around like a jumping bee, then, like, get onto the live mic. But no doubt she could do... Um, some complex routines nowadays. Um, I I spend oh, well, I spend my life. As job as a choreographer is to try is not to put your best moves on the artist. It's to make the artist look as best as they can be around your moves. So um, you're lucky with Kylie that she can take direction. She can take um, complex choreography. Um, 
and I think I'd probably try and do something a little bit more sexy and sensual and a bit more mature maybe than jumping around. I think we should leave the jumping around to our backing dancers at this stage. Well, and she, sure <laughs> does. she sure does. That's what's happening now. Kylie in the middle and she yeah. can still dance. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, I, I love the fact that you're clearly not only a part of Kylie's early professional career, but you're a fan too. I didn't realize that when we started talking, you are clearly a Kylie fan as well. What are you doing these days? Um, I'm a creative director, um, choreographer still, um, how, how do you explain it? I do a bit of everything. I direct shows, theatre shows, tours, music videos, live events, um, in television film. It's a big pot puree of all kinds of stuff that need anything creatively on a movement basis done. So I've done things like uh, Mulan premieres, Mary Poppins premieres, to chess in concert, Jesus Christ Superstar, the arena tour in Australia. I did that. Um, I've worked with Elton John, Olivia Newton-John, Banana Rama, Abba, all kinds of people. So it's been a big... From those dancing days, I've progressed in becoming a director choreographer. Um, and the creative side is they'll actually come to me and ask me, can you create, so like with Kylie's um, tour, uh, what you see up there today, someone has sat and I said, you're going to have this kind of image, it's going to be country and western, you can have this kind of set, these kind of image on the screen, this kind of mix in the music. That's what I do. I come and say, right, this is what we're going to do to make the whole show as one. And I would say the choreography is the last part of the steps of the glue that puts it all together. You get all the jigsaw pieces together and the set and the light and the costumes, the casting, everything. And then you glue it together with the choreography um, because everything's so much more visual nowadays. So luckily and thankfully, I'm still going. I'm still loving my job. And um, yeah, it's, it's, I can't complain. I know you are so successful in your own right, Kevin. It's been so wonderful talking to you. I've got to say, it's 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 a pleasure to talk to the man who once licked Kylie's leg. That that is a career highlight. <laughs> is that what? Will that go in my tomb? <laughs> That's my claim to fame. Um, you and Michael Hutchins, probably. I've got to say, but there you go. But <laughs> maybe just yes, yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Kevin, thank you so much for your time. Hey. You have a wonderful rest of your day. I will. It's been a pleasure. And thanks so much. It's been lovely reminiscing and thinking about all those brilliant times with Kylie. And may she go on for many years more.